Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Carol is uh, in Inverness. Uh, our building, uh, they have moved into their building this morning. So that is exciting. It's not finished yet. Um, I can't remember whether I said last week that there was, um, there was chit-chat going around the young adults about, because they don't have a carpet. And they, and they, um, and they were suggested, I think, someone suggested they should, everyone should bring a rug. Uh, and then Boaz noted that if he did that, it would look like a mosque. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> Which is ironic because the, we, when we bought the church um, in Inverness, we bought the building. It was actually the, uh, we, it was a Church of Scotland building and they were umming and ahhing between us uh, and um, some Muslims who wanted to turn it into a mosque. And, uh, uh, but we managed to gain favour. So, uh, and uh, you never quite know uh, in these situations which, which way decisions are going to be made when you're looking to get a building. But the building up there in Inverness is beautiful. It's considerably larger than this place. Uh, the, the first, the, uh, first uh, room that they've moved into, they've moved into the downstairs. Uh, the upstairs is not yet ready as we, we need to raise a uh, considerable more amount of money to build um, sufficient fire escapes for the, for the top floor. But the top floor will seat around 350, 400 people. So, and it's a gorgeous space. It really is. just makes you feel so, uh, feel such a lovely space to be in. So, and the downstairs is about the size of this, maybe a little bigger, uh, and really just a lovely, lovely uh, place. So uh, Cheryl's up there with uh, Heidi and Chaz, uh, and uh, they're having a... Uh, they're having a great time, so it's good to be in the house of God, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, I, I, I love Andy's faith, believing to win a competition. Yeah. Kind of, kind of throws your, your, your Christian thoughts there somehow, doesn't it? But, but we know that God will supply us with a minibus, amen? Yeah. And uh, we've talked about this for years, and, and uh, we've talked about sort of getting a minibus, and there's always been sort of reasons why, why um, maybe from a, from a sort of financial point of view, um, investing in such a thing is, you know, th- there's always something else to spend the money on, right? But um, actually, there's a lot of work that we can do uh, by getting that. So we're going to believe, God, that we will receive a minibus somehow, somewhere, um, by some means, amen, yeah. uh, by this competition or not, that God will supply, amen? Yeah. And uh, I, I, Andy and Bethany are just a phenomenal couple. They do so much in the house. Uh, and um, they've got such incredible, they've got one of the strongest pastoral hearts for people. And they do so much behind the scenes, just chasing up on people that um, many people don't think about, people get forgotten, but they don't forget about them. And uh, you wrote, come on, let's appreciate Andy and Bethany because you are just champions. And uh, you've got a real strong pastoral gift on your life and we just love you. So um, this, we're um, starting our 360 series. Um, have we got the, um, oh we have, look at that, that's cool isn't it? And uh, that, one, that one's flattened. And uh, so uh, the, uh, and I started last week speaking about a 360 degree um, look at ourselves as we prepare ourselves for ministry. And, and I was speaking last, uh, last week about how the church is called to minister 
um, as against called to lead. Now, leadership is an important aspect of life. Um, many people are called to leadership. In fact, most of us are called to leadership at some point at some point in our life for some season. Leadership is in itself is not always all the time. If it was, uh, we would all grow exhausted. And, uh, but leadership is for seasons. It's for, it's for certain aspects of life. But ministry is always. Ministry is like being a parent. You never stop being a parent at any point in your life. The moment you become a parent, that's it. We were just chatting with Heidi and Chaz. They, they've got... Um, how many weeks? About four weeks uh, to go uh, before their their first uh, firstborn, and and uh, so there's kind of like, but and that's it. Your your life will never be the same again. It's like it's not even like the kids grow up and then leave home because they never really do. And uh, uh, as we have discovered, and uh, so in fact they they were all around last night. Um, uh, Chaz and Heidi came came over to stay to, so that they could go with Cheryl. Um, up to Inverness and then Joe and Josephine who were in Inverness came down and stayed with us last night because they're on their way to Norway um, so that they're on their way to Norway nothing spiritual they're skiing and uh, <laughs> it's a great mission trip yeah not really <laughs> they're just skiing the high life <laughs> That's what happens when you start earning money. And uh, so <laughs> they've done their student years and now they're earning. And uh, so, um, yeah, they're, they're skiing with Josephine's dad in, in Norway. So, but, uh, so the family has sort of suddenly, suddenly came round and I'd been preparing dinner for five uh, and suddenly had to turn it into eight. And, uh, <laughs> but that's the thing with being a parent. Being a parent uh, is, is like, um, is, is ministry life. And we're all called to minister. We're all called to, because none of us are isolated from the needs of one another. We're all have an impact. And every single one of us, the, the echoes of our life have reverberations upon everybody else around us. And so it is the responsibility of every believer to be able to make sure that those echoes, the, those reverberations of our life are reverberations of faith, that the impact of who we are. See, everything that we do and everything that we say and everything that we believe for has an impact on everyone around us. Are you with me here? And so it's really important to understand that because if you're carrying with you unbelief, if you're carrying with you hurt, if you're carrying with you offence, if you're carrying with... It doesn't matter how secret you think it is, it still has an impact upon the people around you because, because people aren't stupid. You can't keep stuff like that secret, right? And so it, it can... It can um, it can undermine people, it can um, have a, an unsettling effect, but we are here to build up people's lives. We are here, we have been redeemed by Jesus Christ to make an impact upon this city, to minister to one another and to minister to a city, amen? And uh, so it is my, um, it's my great expectation this year as we look to establish a church of ministers uh, and and we received this as part of our vision statement which we spoke in November um, that, that we are to build a congregation of ministers and, and to really challenge uh, and equip the congregation in knowing how to minister to one another and, and knowing how to minister to a city, how to minister to people's lives. Are you with me in this? Who's with me? Who's with me, church? Come on. I, 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 I need feedback, otherwise I get depressed, right? So, so I, need to, I need to hear you're there. And, and uh, so um, 
we have to do that. And, and, and I really believe that, that God wants us to um, equip the church and, and really powerfully impart some faith and life and action. And so much so that tonight, um, in tonight's uh, meeting, I, I've really felt the Holy Spirit um, challenge me to, to change the presentation somewhat when normally we would have a um, at the Sunday night meeting would would you know be another preach really and uh, but I, tonight I'm just going to do some good old fashioned training um, so I'm going to I'm going to do some old fashioned good old fashioned training on how to minister healing to people yeah. all right how to minister healing. Uh, and uh, it's, it's burning so much in my heart, I might end up, I have to be careful not to preach that one, and, and, and train that one rather than, so we're going to be doing that, and then we're going to be praying for people to be healed, and we'll give people opportunity to be prayed for if you are sick, uh, to be healed, but also we're going to give opportunity for as many people who want to pray for others as well, to be able to partake in that as well, amen? And Because uh, I, I want people to know the difference. I want you to know the difference between praying for someone and ministering healing power. Alright? Because there's a, there is a, there's a dramatic, biblical, scriptural difference. And if you don't know the difference between praying for someone and ministering healing, then you, you're missing out on, on the power and the life of the Holy Spirit to work through your life. All right, so we're going to be we're going to be talking about that and, and just taking you through the scripture uh, and showing you how how Jesus equipped his disciples uh, to minister healing life and 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 healing is a, is a is a really important aspect of the ministry gifts um, and uh, of the of the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in in one Corinthians twelve. So stop there, right? Because I'll get carried away. I want to speak this morning about the preparation of preparing a heart for ministry and to prepare yourself, the, the impact of your life, as I said before, the echoes of who you are, what comes out of you is very much impacted by what you think. All right? So your thought life determines everything else that flows out of you. Are you with me here? Your thought life determines everything that flows out of you. Um, it determines the quality of your day. It determines you, you can be having, events can be terrible around you, but with a quality and healthy thought life, you can be overcoming all of those things. You'll say, oh, all this happened, but how are you? I'm great. Because your thought life is strong enough to deal with those things. You with me here? But an, an unbelieving thought life, a thought life that is, that is always teetering towards the, the negative, a thought life that is, that is, that is challenged by the events that you're going through, a thought life that is, that is like, is being knocked off course and somewhat sort of in fear, that kind of thought life, thought, 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 <laughs> that kind of thought life um, will, will radically affect the impact and the, the, the knock-on effect begins to, begins to sow seeds of doubt and, and uh, sow seeds of, of unbelief. And the effect of that continues um, like ripples on a pond. It just keeps flowing through your life. And so this morning I want to speak about how your thought life is determined by what you see. And what you see determines your thought life. Yeah. All right. Now it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3 to 5, it says this. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not 
carnal but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now this is a familiar scripture with many people. And it speaks about the warfare that we enter into. It's a warfare that is not carnal, but powerful. Now that's important to understand, that that if you want power, you have to move away from the, the carnal nature, the flesh, emotional, thinking, feeling nature, and move into the nature of the thought life of God for power. And so our warfare is not carnal, but it's mighty in God. For the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds and casting down arguments and every high thing. And I love this, this casting down of arguments or casting down of, of reasoning, casting, casting down of the type of thinking that diminishes your faith and your life in Christ. Are you with me here? Casting down arguments, the type of thought who, how many of you are familiar with a thought life, a thought pattern that diminishes you rather than increases you? Yeah. We're all familiar with those thought patterns. And the Bible says that God has given us power to diminish that kind of thinking. Now, now I need you to understand, I don't believe that, I, I just don't see the church living in anywhere near the full potential of what the Word says we are. We read the Bible, we look at its power, we understand its truth, we know that the Word of God is the life of Christ spoken. Jesus came as the Word. It is, it is the incarnate Word. It, it, is the, it is the Word made flesh in Jesus Christ. We know that this Word is powerful. And yet, we often fail to fully grasp its full potential. Supposing I say to you that God has spoken to us to change the very expectation of what we see in this church that we believe for radical miracles, demonstrations of power, the fullness of the Holy Spirit, the supernatural work of God, restoring, rebuilding delivering and setting people free, that we train an entire congregation, that people aren't just coming to the pastor to be prayed for, but we've got 150, 200 people that come through this church every Sunday, that as we come through, through all the services, that as we look at all of those people trained and ready and equipped to minister healing power, how much more effective will the gospel be? How much more effective will it be if you discover the power of God for your life? That you begin to unlock the supernatural, begin to unlock the expectation, the excitement of knowing God wants to do something supernatural in my life. Who's hungry for a supernatural life? You have a supernatural God. You are saved by a supernatural God. if, If you have been born again into a supernatural kingdom then you should be living a supernatural life. And anything less than that is not a life that we've been called to live in. Now the Bible says that the kingdom of God that we have received has the power to pull down strongholds. And strongholds 
are places where armies are able to rest and be at ease, hidden from their enemies. Alright? So that's where a stronghold is a place where an army is at ease. So what that means is that the enemy, Satan, is at ease, resting, secretly hidden within the complexities of our unbelieving thoughts. That it's not just, like, often what happens is that Christians wrestle with individual thoughts. Like, you think something, I shouldn't have thought that. This is an unbelieving thought. I need to think faith, not, not, not unbelief. I, I need to think prosperity, not debt. And so we, we, try, and re- we try and wrestle with the, the thoughts. But the enemy, he sits within, secretly hidden within the way we think. Not just the individual thoughts. See, most people spend their time trying to cast out individual thoughts. But you find another one pops up. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You cast one thought out, another one pops up. So we're not here trying to wrestle with individual thoughts. We have to change the process of our thinking. See, the enemy has a stronghold within our process of our thinking. And so what we have to understand is that the process of our thinking is determined by a different line of influence. You with me here? Hello, I feel like some people have gone to sleep here. Right? Maybe I'll try over this side. (laughs) Coming back, Gene. I'm coming back. See, what happens is this, is that we think according to the influences of those things which have we have been exposed to. The things that we look at, the things that we watch, the people we speak to, the atmosphere of our lives, the, the conversations of our home, the history of our life, the, 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 the history of everything that's been around us. All of these things are things which we have been exposed to and all of those things have an influence on our thinking. All right, And our thinking then forms together to create conclusions which aren't necessarily focused in God. And so what happens is that, see, what happens is that if we haven't got Christ in the center of everything that we're thinking, then our thinking is centered on carnal things. And in that, in the middle of that, the enemy has an opportunity to take a hold and diminish the power that God has imparted to us. Now look at this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 3 and 4 says, For even if our gospel is veiled, is veiled to those who are perishing, the God of this age has blinded the mind of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of God, glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So we understand that when we were When we gave our lives to Jesus Christ, the veil was lifted for us to see. But we know by experience that if we are not looking in the right direction, we won't see the things that God has opened up to us. You see, most people really feel like that the supernatural power of God is veiled behind a place that they've yet to see. But the Bible says that He's lifted the veil. 
if he's lifted the veil, then the supernatural life, the miracle power of God has been lifted and that you may be able to see it. But to see it, you've got to change your perspective. And so we've been called to change the perspective of what we're looking at. That we've been called to live a life where we're looking towards the expectation of healing power. Looking towards the expectation of miracle provision. Looking towards the expectation of faith lifestyle. A life of putting your putting your life on the edge and going, this is how I'm going to live my life. This is how I'm going to sow these seeds. This is how I'm going to love these people. This is how I'm going to devote my heart. I spoke just on Christmas Eve in the morning service. I spoke about how, how the energy to keep going and keep doing is found in loving people. Yeah. You remember that service, that, that love is the only thing that has eternal power. Yeah. I spoke about how your children... That everything has a limited resource, but love doesn't have a limited resource. You have a limited amount of physical energy, but you don't have a limited amount of love for your children. And the more children you have, you don't divide that love up. Each child is equally loved. And it's not divided out. It, it, you find within yourself another equal, endless amount of love. The Bible says that God is love. And that God is eternal. Love is the, the nature, the pure nature of God. God and love are, it's, it's like love comes from God. God, the Bible says God is love. And so love flows out of God, therefore it is of itself eternal. And so if we want to find the energy and the strength to do supernatural things, we must be driven by the, the, the desire to love those who are around us. That's why the Bible says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. It's the fundamental laws of the kingdom of God. Because those are the only things that will actually give you the energy and the strength to keep going through. And so it is with our thinking. Our thinking is determined by what we see, what we're looking at. Yesterday morning, I put my hand in my pocket and I felt a sharp jab in my, in my finger. And I pulled it and I, I'm looking at my finger and I'm thinking, well, I can't see, I can't see anything. But it's, something's jabbing underneath my fingernail. And so, uh, so I brought it over to Cheryl and Cheryl couldn't see it. And there we are, <laughs> peering like old people, right? <laughs> By the window with the light on. <laughs> Everyone have a little, something in there. Cheryl goes, oh, I think I can see something. I couldn't see a thing. I mean, it was all I can see is a fuzzy finger, right? I, perhaps I should go to the opticians. I keep talking about it, but never do, right? So, and, and eventually she comes, she gets some tweezers, and she pulls out a glass splinter that had jammed itself underneath my fingernail. And it was him. I don't even know where it came from, right? But here's the thing with... with with our thought life is that the enemy causes pain in our life. And most of that pain is caused by our thinking. Most of the pain of our heart is caused by our own thinking. And we can't see, because we're looking the wrong way, we're blinded because we can't see. You see... You see, if Christ isn't the light of your life, you can't see what's causing 
the pain. He's hidden. He hides himself. He's at ease in the stronghold of our thinking. And so for us to see, we have to understand that we need to get our thinking, our mindfulness in the right place. In Matthew 16, Matthew 16, um, Peter has just gone through this, um, he's just had an amazing revelation that Jesus is the Christ. He, he's been, Peter, uh, Jesus has said to Peter, Peter, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, uh, but my Father who is in heaven, and Peter's like, yeah, I know, it's awesome. I get downloads direct from heaven, and um, me and Jesus like this, he's probably showing the disciples while, he, while they're all the other disciples are around and they're all jockeying for position and, and Peter turning up. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's kind of like this and then Peter, Jesus starts speaking in Matthew 16 and verse 21. Jesus, it says that Jesus began to show his disciples he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and raised the third day. Now, now Peter's kind of... Peter doesn't want this, naturally. Uh, He's a bit offended by this. And because he gets revelation from God, clearly anything he thinks must be true, right? So it says, Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Get behind me, Satan. For you are an offence to me. You are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. When Jesus is speaking to Peter, he's speaking to Peter and he's speaking to Satan. Because Satan lives in the carnality of our thinking. And Peter, even though he's got revelation, and we've all got great revelation. You wouldn't be here without great revelation, right? You've got revelation. That's what brings you into the house of God. It's what causes you to lift your hands in worship. It's what causes you to push into God. But Peter was still mindful, not of the things of God, but the things of men. His eyes are mindful on the things of men. Therefore, he's unable to see the things of the kingdom and unable to participate in it. Because he's mindful of his own ways, his own feelings, his own fears, his own restrictions. He's mindful of those things. I can guarantee you every trial that you go through, every trial that I've been through, the, the pain of those trials, that we feel them because we are mindful of those things and not mindful of the ways of God moving in our life. We're unable to see it. Peter was unable to see because he was mindful of the things that are carnal, which have no light. Are you with me? So, it says in um, it says in Psalm 103, verse 7, it says um, that, um, the psalmist says this, he says, He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. And this is an amazing... Scripture, because it speaks of the grace of God. See, the children of Israel are famous for one thing, right? Not believing God. Moses' generation, they're famous for one thing, not believing God, right? 
And so it says that God's grace showed them his acts. But Moses knew his ways. Here's the thing. See, whatever you are mindful of makes us blind to the things that we are not mindful of. Whatever you are mindful of makes you blind to the things that you are not mindful of. You can only look in one direction. I can't see what's happening behind me. Somebody could be sticking their tongue out. They could be, could be dancing around. I don't know, right? Because I can't see behind me. See, whatever I am mindful of makes me blind to whatever I'm not mindful of. So if I'm mindful of my own fears, my own condition, and not the light of Christ, even though I've seen God move, I cannot find the faith to believe in him because I don't know his ways. The church has great testimony of God's acts, but if all you know are the acts of God, but you don't know the ways of God, it's because you haven't understood the mindfulness of looking towards Christ in the centre of all that you're going through. You see, Christ must exist in the centre of everything that you do. Where Christ is not in the centre, then what happens is that the enemy takes possession of those thoughts. And so we need to readjust our thinking. John chapter 5, verse 19. Let me finish with this. So Jesus... Answer them, says, I tell the solemn truth. The son can do nothing on his own initiative, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, the son does likewise. For the father loves the son and shows him everything he does and will show him greater deeds than these so that you will be amazed. So Jesus is saying, this is the beginning of Jesus speaking to the disciples. We know that Jesus went on to say to the disciples, the things you've seen me do, you will do greater things. Who wants to do greater things than what Jesus did? It's always, it's been one of the greatest motivations of my life since I read that scripture as a child. It's been, wait a sec, Jesus raised the dead, right? It doesn't get a lot better than raising the dead, right, does it? I mean, we and, and we should work on skeletons. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> how dead do they need to be? I mean, it's like, you shall do greater things. Jesus said, you, the things you've seen, you will do greater. Well, you're not going to do anything greater if all you've done is seen it, because you'll know the acts. What you've got to know is the ways. You've got to know how it works, not that it works. Otherwise, you're just simply one who's caught up in the wave rather than one who's riding on the wave. And so we have to understand that Jesus said, he said this, he said, I only do what I see the Father doing. In other words, his eyesight was centered towards the light so that he was able to walk in absolute precision and wisdom and faith and and purity in every situation 
of his life. He was centered towards the Father. And so if we center our thinking towards the Father in every day of our life, then we're able to find ourselves in a position where we're able to minister life and supernatural power in any circumstance. This is... I, I want to set you a challenge, right? Because how many of you find that you get, you get inspired on a Sunday morning and by Monday you've forgotten most of what was said, but you know it was good, right? It was a great... I can't remember what it was, but it was great. By the end of the week, it was, it, it's vague. And, and you only remember it when the preacher gets up the next week and says, well, what I spoke about last week was this. And go, oh, yeah, yeah, that was good. That was good. <laughs> so what, what I want to give you is a simple challenge, right? One of the simple principles is set yourself one thought. Just set yourself one thought. For this next week, how to break the stronghold, tear, tear strong. How do, you, how do you break strongholds are you thinking? So simple. Don't don't bother about trying to like think better thoughts. Like you know, trying trying to uh, replace that negative thinking with a better thought. Have you ever tried doing that? That's that's really dumb. Because you can't think of a better thought when you've had a really bad thought. You struggle to find a better one, and you try to think of a better one, but you don't really believe in the better thought because the bad thought has possessed your emotions. And, and, and the bad thoughts possess your emotions and your good thought has, has got no feeling to it and so you can't kind of get a, you can't get a grab of it. Are you with me? So this is what I want you to do. I want you to just every day make a commitment. Jesus, I center my thinking towards you. Jesus, I center my thinking towards you. Just that, all I want you to do is that I mean, you, I, I encourage you to read your scripture and pray and do all those things. But set, set your, your life's agenda on this simple thought. Jesus, I center my thoughts towards you. I look towards you and I ask you to be in the center of everything that I do. And then begin to see what changes around you. I've found this. I found the more I focus my heart toward God, the more supernatural miracles, extraordinary things happen around me without any strain, any struggle, any hardship, any difficulty. God just, he just turns up and does stuff in people's lives. And I, I don't know how it happens. See, see, God wants to work through us. I, I promise you this. You put Christ in the center of your life and you make that commitment. Lord, I'm, gonna, I'm just following you today. And keep that as a, a reminder. Just in the background. Let it just tick in the background. Jesus, you're in the center of my life. Because everything else will just come against you. Jesus, I put you in the center. Your heart will be full of faith. When the wave of hurt, unbelief, challenge comes against you. And when other people who need encouragement, who need prayer, who need something, you'll find in the midst of that courage, words, answers, 
opportunities. You'll find something within yourself to be able to give it to them. I know that most of the miracles that have happened around my life, I don't even know about. I'm finding about some of the stuff that I've said and done 20 years later and still finding out about stuff. I'm thinking, well, how much will I never find out about until eternity is, is wrapped up and we get the list of what actually happened? God's moving in your life. Have courage to put him at the center. Tonight, I just want to show you how to pray. Because I see a lot of people praying for heal- people for healing. And they're praying for people to be healing, but they're not ministering healing. And while praying for people to be healed is a wonderful thing. I'm not, don't knock it. It's good to pray for healing. But we're here to minister healing. We, Christ has, has, has already sorted healing on the cross. It's, it's as given as forgiveness of sin. Right? That's what he achieved by his blood. So we're here to minister it, not just intercede heaven for it. When we intercede heaven, we do so for the power to be more open, the heavens to be open. We intercede heaven so that the heavens will be open for us. It is my prayer that the heavens open in this house again in such supernatural power that we see a city transformed. It's time to shake the very foundations of this city. In the midst of its brokenness, it's time to build it up again with a new kind of power, the power of God's love and grace that restores all families, restores marriages, restores people's works, restores their purpose. Amen? Let's stand up, shall we? Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.thejunctionchurch.com. God bless.